0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Epiphany Lutheran Church of Mount Vernon, Virginia. We're a congregation of the Metro D.C. Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find out more about us on our website at epiphanylutheran.org. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage in Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say this, The Lord needs it. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, only even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you. and They will not leave within you one stone upon another, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling things there. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As Jesus came near to Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace but now they are hidden from your eyes. When Jesus arrived in Jerusalem on the Sunday before Passover in the last week of his life on earth, Jesus is proclaimed by his disciples as the Messiah, as the anointed king entering the holy city for his coronation with the singing of songs and the waving of palm branches. But, This is not your traditional parade to welcome a new king. Jesus has arranged, it's not clear exactly how, to ride into town, not on a horse fit for a king, not in a way that demonstrates power and mastery and control, but on a young donkey. And what Jesus has in mind is certainly a text of the prophet Zechariah, Zechariah, who foresaw the day of the Messiah, with these words, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion! Shout aloud, daughter Jerusalem! Lo, your king comes to you! Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey." He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. Zechariah foresaw the Messiah coming, not bringing war against all God's enemies, but bringing peace, peace for God's people, and peace for all the nations. And so Jesus arrives in a way that could not contrast more with the way that the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, would arrive in Jerusalem for the same Passover, more or less, at the same time. Pilate will enter on a war war horse, surrounded by armed soldiers, demonstrating the power of Rome. Because Passover in the time of Jesus was always a fraught occasion. Passover, the celebration of God freeing God's people from slavery in Egypt, setting them loose from the grip of the tyrant Pharaoh. Of course, that was an emotional event in the time of Roman occupation. From what we know of Palestine in the first century, most of the revolts against Roman rule started at Passover and all of them were brutally crushed by Roman military power. Pilate normally didn't live in Jerusalem, but in the city of Caesarea, which is along the coast near modern Tel Aviv. But Pilate made a show of coming personally to Jerusalem every year for Passover, arriving in a military parade, making a point that was crystal clear to everyone, don't even think about it. There is no alternative. But as Pilate arrived at Jerusalem, entering the city from the west on the road from Caesarea, Jesus enters the city from the east, from the Mount of Olives, announcing that the alternative has come. That God's alternative kingdom, God's alternative way, the way of mutual service, The way of respect and love of neighbor, the way of peace, has now arrived. Jesus comes to Jerusalem to confront all of the powers that are opposed to God's way, whether they come from pagan Rome or are housed in the Lord's own temple. And Jesus enters the city almost mocking Pilate. It's an almost ridiculous parody of Pilate's military parade, Surrounded by his army waving their swords, Jesus comes riding a donkey, acclaimed as king by disciples from the hillbilly country of Galilee, waving palm branches, announcing the arrival of peace. And as Jesus rounds the bend and the city comes into view before him, Jesus begins to weep because he knows Jerusalem is going to reject the path of peace that he's come to bring. If only you had recognized this day the things that make for peace, Jesus says. But they are hid from your eyes. The way of peace is right here in front of you, and yet you can't see it. You're so mesmerized by the way of power, by the way of a God, you think you have to appease with your sacrifices and your piety the way that you have to appease Caesar. You can't see the alternative kingdom of God even when it's right here before your eyes. What Luke knows, what even the first readers of Luke do, is that by the time Luke's Gospel is written, Jerusalem would indeed have chosen the path of war. The path of trying to establish God's kingdom by copying the ways of Rome. And as a result, the city would be utterly crushed and devastated. Luke tells us that Jesus knew this destruction and this defeat were inevitable because the people of God had not seen the alternative way when Jesus came to offer it to them. Jesus says they will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God because you didn't see the alternative when god came and put it before you you will choose a path that leads to death and to misery and to suffering and jesus weeps i don't know about you but this palm sunday more than most i really resonate with jesus weeping As he enters Jerusalem, proclaimed as its king, yet knowing that his kingdom will be rejected. Because everywhere we look today, we see the powers that resist God getting stronger, the forces opposed to the peaceful kingdom of God becoming more powerful. It feels to me like The alternative kingdom of Jesus is right here, and yet no one is able to see it. And I feel helpless to prevent a catastrophe that feels like it's coming because we can't see the alternative path that Jesus is giving to us in so many different ways. There is, of course, the literal war, particularly in Ukraine right now where we see unprovoked aggression, unspeakable cruelty and violence against the innocent, unimaginable suffering. Jesus foresaw, they will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you. They will not leave within you one stone upon another. Jesus foresaw it, not just in Jerusalem, but in Mariupol and in Bucha, and at the train station in Kramatorsk. Our country is supplying the defenders of Ukraine with the weapons of war to fight back the invaders and hopefully prevent even greater suffering, even though we know that the evil on display in Ukraine can be restrained but not defeated by the weapons of war alone. yet What's the alternative? Then there's the impending climate catastrophe. It seems to be coming upon us even faster than we expected. This week, the United Nations Task Force on Climate issued a report. It said if we want to avoid irreversible damage and get off the path that leads to an unlivable planet, we have to act now. It's now or never. And I saw someone on the Internet responded this week. The smart money is on never. As we know, if we're honest with ourselves, humanity is on a path that's leading to great suffering and destruction, but we can't imagine the alternative. And so we're just going to continue along that same path and try not to think about it. And then there's COVID, the inequalities, the lack of compassion in our society that this pandemic has revealed. And yet after two years of isolation and fear, we're all exhausted. Our ability to cope is just tapped out. You can feel the hostility and the scapegoating is really on the rise. Uh, The hateful rhetoric we're seeing right now against vulnerable people, like trans kids and their families. The labeling of anybody who stands up for the vulnerable as groomers and abusers and that's talk that in many countries has been the prelude to violence and genocide it's truly frightening right now to a lot of people to be included um, and I feel powerless to do anything about it and that's really scary even the church is supposed to embody the alternative way of Jesus the alternative kingdom of God but even the church doesn't seem to have the answers a lot of the denial and the hateful rhetoric in our world today has found a home in a lot of churches. And even in those corners of the church where people hope to remain faithful to the alternative path of Jesus, our, our numbers are small and dwindling, our influence is weak and waning, and often I at least just feel helpless. As Jesus entered Jerusalem for the final time, he saw God's beloved people blinded to the alternative being presented to them on a path that would lead them to destruction, and Jesus wept. Jesus wept for all the suffering, all the avoidable death and pointless waste that was to come because people had been unable to see the alternative path that God had come to offer them. And while I resonate with what Jesus sees, I personally confess that I don't want a Messiah who weeps. I would prefer a Messiah who acts. I'm with Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. I'm not sure I'm ready to weep over what it feels like we are in the process of losing. There's a big part of me that wants something more from Jesus than his tears. But it's not my job to tell Jesus how to do his job of being the Messiah. That's the mistake the Pharisees make in the Gospel reading today. The Pharisees beg Jesus to order his disciples to stop their singing, to stop announcing him as the Messiah. To them, this is dangerous. It's unseemly. We have to recognize the hand we've been dealt. We can't dream about alternatives. It's too difficult. It's too risky. In their pragmatism, in their desire to protect Jesus and save Jerusalem, they buy into the lie of Pilate, the lie that there is no alternative. In trying to manage Jesus and make him safe, They become just another part of the problem. And Jesus refuses their request. All of creation is crying out for the alternative kingdom of God, Jesus says. If the disciples don't sing, the rocks and the stones would be shouting. And Jesus intends to do something about it, but he will do it his way. He will do it God's way, not our way. So what does Jesus do when he enters Jerusalem? He heads directly to the temple, where he begins to confront our way of domesticating God, our way of knowing God that feels safe and feels comfortable, yet is on the verge of collapsing. And Jesus does this fearlessly in order to set us free as he is free, to know God in the way that he does with confidence in God's power to raise the dead to life, with absolute trust and faith in God's love that does not take no for an answer and that transforms blindness into sight. This week, we are invited to walk with Jesus directly into the belly of the beast, into the heart of all that is opposed to God and God's alternative path of peace. So that we can be set free from the fear that prevents us from following Jesus on God's alternative path. So we can be free to feel deeply and weep profoundly over what we have lost and might yet still lose. So that we can be free to carry the cross as need be. So that we can live fully as free and forgiven children of God. Citizens of God's alternative kingdom, already in this world, and in the world to come. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. You're welcome to join us for Sunday worship online, or if you're in Northern Virginia, in person, on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. For more information about us, please visit our website at epiphanylutheran.org.